Uh, he was working for the New World Order. And um, he was a murderer. I mean, when he was uh, Nixon's natural, natu- nat- national, excuse me, I'll get it out, national security advisor, when he was Nixon's national security advisor, he absolutely ordered the killing in Cambodia of so many people. You know, carpet bombing and killing. He's credited for ending the Vietnam War when actually he continued to instigate it. I mean, there's a lot that can be said about that. Uh, And I intend to say much about it. Uh, He's a very popular diplomat in America. 100 years old, like these New World Order guys always live a hundred years to be a hundred years old. Uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, the first blasphemer, the first chief blasphemer in the Supreme Court. What do you mean by that, preacher? She was the first woman to blaspheme God and take a position in the Supreme Court. She died at 93 years old. Right? So, it's very real. These people, very real. The connections that these people have. I think it's interesting that how connected they are to the Vatican and how Henry Kissinger, Henry Killinger Kissinger, How he was busy kissing the Pope's pinky finger. A number of Popes, by the way, because he lived a long time. Right? He lived a long time. He was part of the New World Order for a long time. But anyway, this is this is who he is. This is what he did. And... Um, We're going to show you. I'm going to show you the connections that are there. Um, who this man is, was, he's dead and in hell now. Okay. He died and went to a devil's hell a few days ago. Yesterday, I think it was. Hundred years old, connected to the Rockefellers, connected to the Bilderbergers, started the Bilderbergers. I think he was part of the starting of the founding of the Bilderbergers. Was a Bohemian Grove member, right? Right, he was part of it. Right?
spy, CIA operative, a spy, right? Working for all of them, working for the Pope, working for the for the Bohemian Grove, a uh, member of the Bohemian Grove, member of uh, Rockefeller's Bilderberger Group, mem- mem- member of uh, Vatican secret societies. Right? Who these people are? We're going to read about him here, and you're going to understand. It kind of goes along with what we were talking about when I talked about the new right, right? Uh, The new right. But we had to kind of take a... I wanted to hit this now with the death of of Killinger. That we would just kind of nail him now while he's... Well, we'll put a nail in the coffin. Right? And really talk about who this guy is. Council, member of the Council of Foreign Relations. The CIA think tank. Good friends with Car- Cardinal Dolan. Spelly's, I believe that was Spelly, Spellman's replacement. By the way, Kissinger, Killinger, also part of the cover-up in the JFK assassination. Right? He was part of the cover-up for the JFK assassination. So you're going to see, I'll, I'll read you some quotes from Vatican assassins on that in a little while. We're going to read through this article. Look at this article here. So you understand who these people are as the world lauds. He's a mentor, by the way, of Klaus Schwab. That old Nazi fascist. That runs the World Economic Forum, the brainchild of Henry Killinger. You don't get a more, he wrote a book called uh, The New Order or World Order. I mean, it's a checklist. It's a, it's, it's seriously a checklist of New World Order gangsters. And who checks all of them off? From the Vatican? To the Masonic Orders? To the World Economic Forum who trained leaders and he was part of training Schwab? Schwab was his, uh, he was the mentor to Schwab? Who is the mentor to leaders all over the world? 
Finance by David Rockefeller. Knighted by the Pope, the advisor to Benedict. What that means when it says advisor, it doesn't really mean what you think it means. It means he's working for the Pope. That's what it means. Who's on top? Vatican. You know, before the Vatican had restored, uh, before Ronald Reagan, that traitor, restored full diplomatic rights and relationships with the Vatican, which were ended before by the JFK assassination because of that. Right? Basically, his hands in just about everything you can imagine. So, this is who Killinger is. This article, now the end begins. Henry Kissinger is dead at 100, but his New World Order legacy continues in the form of his mentee, Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, and the Bilderberger Group. Bilderberg Group. Call them Bilderbergers. But, um, Bilderbergers. Anyway. This is a tale so unbelievable and fascinating that we will need the entire podcast tomorrow to bring it to all to the to you. The New World Order icon Henry Kissinger died yesterday. But what he built will last all the way to the revelation of the coming kingdom of Antichrist. 2023, we all know how evil Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum are. Did you know that all that comes from Henry Kissinger? It's a trail with connections that go all the way back to World War II, Adolf Hitler, and the atomic bomb. Henry Kissinger is the common thread everywhere you look. He is at his hands in everything. Regular listeners will remember all the clips we played about the New World Order, he says, the CFR and the Bilderberger Group and all the other key players over the last half century. And Henry Kissinger is the coach behind all of them and all of it, the Wicked World Economic Forum and the Young Global Leader Program. By the way, who have produced all of your leaders that are in office today, pretty much. Uh, Justin Trudeau, right, Castro's son. Okami. Actually, little. He's more like a little, um, little Marxist Fruit Loop, but 
But um, world leaders like him, Zelensky, right? First, the man who runs the World Economic Forum you know nothing about, and it all starts with Henry Kissinger. Klaus Schwab indeed has succeeded beyond his wildest dream in building a World Economic Forum. We're the most powerful lineup in Davos every year in search of material salvation. It's an extraordinary journey which began with his birth in 1938. In Ravensburg, Germany, in the household of Eugene Schwab, mechanical engineer, who was on the wrong side of history in aiding Adolf Hitler's atomic bomb effort through his company, Solzer Escher Weiss. For good enough reasons, this Nazi connection has been scrubbed clean from the public attention. Schwab Sr. had no doubt that Klaus would only be something if he attends Harvard, which the latter duly did in 1960, and his life was never the same. His professor in Harvard was Dr. Henry Kissinger. So understand this. Harvard, which started out to be a Christian-based college, is controlled by New World Order think tank CIA operatives that are training the next generation of Skull and Bones men and other groups that are of the like from Yale and Harvard and all those other groups training them to be world rulers and to work for the New World Order, to work for the collective, right? So understand that there's a spirit right First John 4, 3. I got to fix this. I'm going to have Luke look at it tomorrow. He's supposed to come and do on the chicken coop. I'm going to have him look at this. Set back to work. First John, chapter 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out of the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world.
that spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. That spirit is already in the world. That spirit is already at work. It is that Antichrist spirit. It is the Pope of Rome who has the beast system already in place. It's already there. He says he is the vicar of Christ, that he is God on earth. Right? Because he is God on earth, he is that representation of the spirit of Antichrist. It is that spirit that is already at work. See, everyone is running around trying to figure out, and they're pointing at the Jews, because, yeah, the Jews are antichrist. Yes, they are. But they are not the head, they are the tail. And, yes, there are Nazi Jews selling out their own people. They said that Caesar was their king, and he is. Caesar is their king. He rules them. Who is Caesar? Pontifex Maximus. He is their king. Where Satan's seat is. There is an entire Antichrist system built up in many compartments around the world. There is the Talmudic Jews who are Antichrist. Muslims that are Antichrist. They deny the Son of God. The Pope being the biggest, baddest, most power, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So this system is in place in the world. It's already in the world. So Harvard, much like Georgetown University, Jesuit schools, Jesuit coadjutors all over the world. Training in Marxism or training in fascism. 
That's what's happening. And has been. And Kissinger is a part of it. Was. Now he's in hell. And he trained this man. Jesuits think in generations. They train in generations. Henry arrived, had arrived in the United States as a Jewish immigrant fleeing Germany in the year. Same year, Klaus. Had been born in 1938. He had been born Heinz Kissinger, but changed it to Henry once on the American soil. He took part in the World War II in the military intelligence wing. I want you to think about this. Henry Kissinger. Is a mass was a master of psychological operations. A master of them. And that coffee's good, Hannah. My wife made me some pumpkin cold brew. Man, that's good. Once the war was over, think about this. He took part in World War II in the military intelligence wing, hunting down Nazi and Gestapo officials. Or hiring them. Ha <laughs> ha. Once the war was over, he returned to academics. Why is that? So he could train more men in psychological operations. Train men in strategic places for the military, which is the wing of the Vatican. To run the world. Key players to run the world. See, people think, come on now, I hear him say, how, you really think that like all these people can get together and do all that? Like, people can't even agree on anything. How in the world do they get together and do all this stuff? Well, that's what your problem is. See, you see it as a bunch of men in the world doing it. And what I'm trying to tell you is there's a devil behind it. The devil, Satan, Lucifer, is behind it in his many different compartments. That's what I'm trying to get through your thick head for you to understand. There's a spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience and is bent on ruling the world. That's the problem that people don't get. I know you don't get it. Because you don't believe the Bible. You don't believe what the scriptures say plainly in the word of God. Why do you think all these Nazis got away with everything? Because we hired them all. We brought them all here to work for us.
I don't need cloves of ginger because, number one, I'm not gay. So I don't need to add cloves of ginger to my coffee. I'm not a woman. Anyway, all right, sorry. I'm just kidding for all you ginger lovers out there. And that's the thing. I don't deny that the Rockefellers are a part of it. I don't deny that the rogue Jews are a part of it, that they're antichrist. I never deny anything. But you know what all those jokers deny? All of those jokers deny. You know what it is? That the Vatican has anything to do with it at all whatsoever. I don't deny the Jewish conspiracy. I show you in the scriptures where it is. But they will not accept. Who's at the top? Why? Because they cover their tracks. Just like they did when Nero burned Rome. And fiddled while Rome burned. Same thing. Everything they say about the the Jewish conspiracy, I don't ever deny. I just believe what my King James Bible says. And I'm going to show you again. Oh my goodness, this is why it takes me so long to get through anything. I wonder if I'm dead if you're all going to write messages like, man, that guy was long-winded. Probably going to put it on my tombstone. Anyway. Wow, you want to hear something really cool? Is this going to... Are you ready for this? Okay, I want to show you something. You're not going to believe me unless I show you. No king. 13 times. In the King James Bible. 13 times no king in the, G- in the King James Bible. Right? Uh-oh. Well, preacher, what's the 13th time? You know, the one that stands for rebellion. Are you ready? John 1915. I never can get this thing to work. There it is. Look at it. But they cried out, away with him, away with him. Crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, we have no king but Caesar. Bam! time ah 
proving that they ended their relationship at that time while Jesus was on the earth in complete rebellion and they had no king but Caesar. But all of a sudden you think I'm some dummy? That I, I'm going to believe what I, what I supposedly see out there? Oh, they're in charge of the world. Not according to my Bible, they're not. According to my Bible, yes, they're antichrist. Yes, they're occultic. Yes, they're, but they're not the head. Amen. How about that, huh? Luke 13.35 Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Oh. Okay. Can I give you a little sneak peek of what I'm going to talk about on on the... Uh, on my Coliseum documentary. Should I give you a little? I'm not going to show you because I don't have that ready. But I'll tell you. Well, preacher, did it happen? Sure did. How did it happen? Remember Jesus said this? Look what else he said. Watch this. Luke 23:28 And there followed him a great company of people and of women which also bewailed and lamented him but Jesus turning unto them said Daughters of Jerusalem weep not for me but weep for yourselves and for your children for behold the days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say, The mountains fall on us, and to the hills cover us. For if, these, if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? What happened? What happened? Matthew 24 happened. Jesus foretold of it. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down.
Well, what happened? Here's what happened. Jesus told them the temple would be destroyed. All these shall be destroyed. Titus came in. 70 AD. Actually, Vespian came in first, his father. Vespian came in and tried to drop the temple. He could not take that stinking city. The Vespian goes back and becomes the emperor. Vespian's son, Titus, comes into Jerusalem in 70 AD. Within 30 days, he burns the whole thing down. It is estimated that close to a million people lost their lives. All Jews. No Christians. Why? The Christians fled. Why? Matthew 24. They got out of Dodge while the getting was good. The Jews were wholesale slaughtered. Why does that matter? Because Caesar's the one that did it. Titus took all of them. Remember what Jesus said? Weep not for me, ye daughters of Jerusalem. Weep for yourselves and for your own children. Why? Because Titus grabbed all the women, all the men. He slaughtered as many as he would, ripped up their wombs, slaughtered them, killed them, burned them alive. He didn't care what he did to them. Stuck their heads on poles, paraded them through the city of of Rome, brought them back, took 70,000 of them, and made them build the Colosseum as slaves. Took their beloved menorah, the golden candlestick, took it and paraded it through the streets, and the shoebread paraded it through the streets and mocked them and built Titus's gate. With the ruins. Stole the marble, stole the gold, stole everything, brought it there and built with it. What happened? Their king was Caesar. Emperor Titus. Caesar. And what did he do? Enslaved them and they served him. Then he expels, then then a, a late, well, anyway, we won't get into that. Here, so the point is, I know I got off on a tangent there, but it's a good one. Scripture was fulfilled. The Jews are useful tools to the Pope. But he rules them. Well, all right, let me get this straight, preacher. How do you know that? Well, the Federal Reserve, under the authority of Trump, Donald Trump, Constantine, 
right? Wrote a check to Rome out of the Federal Reserve for $3.6 billion. Now, who's in charge? But Rockefellers, Rothschilds, yep, bankers for the Vatican. Wrote the Catholic Church a check for $3.6 billion. I'll be a horse's patootie. They sure did. And you know full well that the Pope has to be in charge. And why is that? Because ain't nobody getting a Jew to write a check for $3.6 billion. Ain't nobody going to do it unless they're in large and in charge. Right? Hello, late. I'm Pastor Cooley. How can I help you? Okay, so I said all that to get back around to this. But there's my Bible for it. So if you want to know who's in charge, there it is, and I'll give it to you every time one of these jokers try to do this. And by the way, if you take it all the way back to the Knights of Bavaria, the Bavarian Illuminati, well, that was started by Adam Weissab. Who is he? A Jesuit in the Jesuit University. In charge of doctrine. And I believe all those groups are real. I just understand who's in charge. Indeed, Terry Carter, indeed. So, in charge of military intelligence wing, hunting down Nazis and Gestapo, then he goes to Harvard. Well, what better place to go? Go to Harvard, right? Yeah, makes sense. Kissinger remained in the university. By the way, once the war was over, he returned to academics, completing his MA and PhD degrees from Harvard, and yet seeking recruitment as a spy for the FBI. Kissinger remained in the university campus long after, serving as director of the Harvard International Seminary, Seminar between 58 and 1971. Wait, so preacher, are... are are you trying to tell me that an FBI spy, a military psyop expert in military intelligence was working for Harvard? Yeah. Well, actually, I'm not trying to tell you. The record shows it. 
Huh. We suppose them boys wanted to work for Harvard for anyway, like. What did they want to do that for? Why'd they go to Harvard like that? Uh, the brightest, most talented, wealthy, elite men and women recruited and trained for government psychological operations at Harvard. Huh. Well, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Kinda. Kissinger was leading a 22-man panel of advisors to help shape European policy. And Klaus Schwab caught his eye early. It was later revealed that the Central Intelligence Agency had been funding Kissinger's seminars to the tune of $135,000. Wait, hold the phone. Back up, Jack. Wait, okay, so not only, not only was Henry Kissinger a military intelligence officer. Not only was he working for the FBI as a spy, but the CIA was funding his psychological operations at Harvard? I think white men speak with forked tongue. Yeah. Wait, so, like, you actually think, like, they're doing that stuff, like, now? Like, you really think, man, they're, they're like, at every major university, man. And they have like psychological operations going on at, at like every university. Where they're actually like training fascists and Marxists and indoctrinating them like in all this stuff. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Really? Is this why you like don't trust any of these people? And you think they all work for the same team? Like, yeah. That's why. So you like think that if someone takes over education, like they can shape the minds of people and totally make them indoctrinated in what what they want them to do like yeah so like do you is that why you're is that why you think they got 
Children talked into cutting their own genitals off and becoming different sex, trying to become a different sex. And then, like, do you think that stuff, like, started, like, Harvard and Yale and think tanks like that everywhere? And then, like, the Department of Education hires, like, all these people and they do that? And they go out to all, like, these universities and, and then they go to, and then, like, the Department of Education? Like, do, do, do you think they actually indoctrinate all these children? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. All of them. All the major universities. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not just in America. All over the world. All over the world. It was later revealed that the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, the Psychological Operation, Catholics in Action, had been funding Kissinger's seminars to the tune of $135,000. A lot of money back then. Harvard then was known the world over as playing a pivotal role in Cold War policy, making target, making targeting Europe, policy making targeting Europe. Destiny placed Klaus Schwab right amongst its early proponents. The method used was to play on the nuclear annihilation fear of the Europeans. Now the Soviet Union had its end bombs. Wait, like they created the problem so they could find the solution? You mean like problem? Reaction, solution. Yep. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. That's it. Isn't that amazing? You know, I've even got through the first article yet. I'm not even. I'm not even through the first article yet. You think I'm getting slow in my old age, or do you think I'm just trying to be meticulous? I don't know which. Like, maybe I do too much? I try to be too specific? I don't know. Nobody will be safe if not everybody is vaccinated. It changes you if you take a genetic editing. It's you who are changed. The integration of those spheres. Just think of senses planted into our brains. The opportunities are immense. The frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. In fact, because uh, it's an important step. Hey, is it me or does this guy sound like he eats babies? Because I think he sounds like he just eats bra- babies. And like when he doesn't have any babies around to eat, he literally cuts the top off of, of the heads of monkeys and just eats monkey brains. Like I just, I don't know.
them to create sophistical pain for digitalization. So people assume uh, we are just going back uh, to the good old world which we had um, and everything will be normal again. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. The uh, cut which we have now um, is much too strong uh, in order not to leave traces. The effect will be much similar to uh, World War. We need our planes, but maybe a little bit in a different way. We must continue to fight. This global research is necessary. We need a great reason. Now is the historical moment, the time, not only to find severe virus, but to shape the system and to shape our global destiny. global destiny okay there dr evil thanks and you mentioned uh david um henry kissinger and i think he first uh was noticed by the rockefeller family after he um wrote a um a very erudite work on uh, nuclear weapons and nuclear war back in the late 1950s nuclear wilson's and foreign policy right yes. it was then published and uh from that time on he became pretty close to the rockefeller family well, he did. Um, actually, I guess I was the first one who got to know him because uh, he was a member of an organization called the Council on Foreign Relations in New York, and there was a, a study group at that time that he... By the way, the, the, the cardinal in, in New York runs the Council of Foreign Relations, which is a think tank for everything. The Cardinal there, Cardinal Dolan, or whoever this Cardinal is now, not Spellman, that was before. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. I have him here. He just, I got him here. Cardinal Timothy Dolan. Yeah, that's correct. Yes, here it is. We'll get to him in a little while, right? But anyway, that's uh, that that's who runs the CFR. Wherever the Cardinals are, the princes of the church, they rule. as then a uh, young instructor at Harvard uh, presided at. I was so impressed by him that uh, I introduced him to my brother Nelson, who was then governor in New York and was then considering uh, seeking the presidency of the United States. They became great friends and actually uh, Henry was, became Nelson's foreign policy advisor as long as he was in public life, and I think has, is one of the remarkable international statesmen in the world today. Even 30 years after he was Secretary of State, he is still asked by heads of state when he travels the world uh, for, their, for his advice. Let me go back to the time you said when you came here it transformed your life. Was there a course, a professor, who really made that difference for you? Yes, uh, there was um, one course, one seminar, of um, Henry Kissinger, um, which really opened my eyes. I wasn't accepted to the seminar, but I sat in. I think he let me in because I was German. And 
and it was relatively shortly after the war, there were not too many Germans here, and uh, this created a friendship which has um, uh, endured until today, and uh, you know, uh, Henry has been several times in, in Davos, um, and I think it was mainly uh, participating in his seminars that I developed my interest for geopolitical affairs. Right. What he means is he was trained and conditioned to do it. Okay, so at Harvard then was known the world over as playing a pivotal role in the Cold War uh, policymaking targeting Europe. Destiny placed Carl, uh, Klaus Schwab right amongst its early proponents. The method used was to pay, play on the nuclear annihilation fear of the Europeans. So psycholo- Hey, by the way, what is that? What is that? Playing on the fears, what is that? It's a psyop. Psychological operation. That's what he was. That's what it was. That's what that's what Klaus Schwab did. Or excuse me, that's what Henry Kissinger did. And his policy was to create fear. If you create fear, people will give up their liberties. 9-11 was an inside job. And 9-11 was a paradigm shift. 2020 or 2001, right? Then what do we have after 2000? By the way, think about the PSYOP before that. What was it? Who know? Hey, what was the head fake before 9-11? Who knows it? Think about it. What was the head fake? What was the PSYOP head fake? What was it before 9-11? Who knows what it was? The head fake, but it was conditioning. Who remembers what it was? Remember the conditioning. You were conditioned for it. Anybody remember it? Some of you weren't around. <laughs> Let's see. How old are some of you? I don't know. How some of you kids are. How old? Are, no. No, no. Before. Before 9 11. Anybody remember it? No, not Desert Storm. It happened exactly one year before 9-11. And it was to set everybody up for it, to get them ready mentally. No, it happened in 2000. You ready? Nobody got the cookie. Y2K. Y2K. Y2K was to cause mass hysteria and problems all over the country. It was Y2K.
they set that up in the beginning. Y2K, to get your mindset like that. Right? To get your mind focused on that. That's what it was. And then, boom! 2001. 20 years later. Boom! COVID-19. Right? COVID-19. Right, but it was to get you set up for it. Nothing happened. It was a psychological operation to mess your brains up. So then 9-11 hits. Boom. The whole world changes. 20 years later. Boom. COVID-19. So what did they do here? Paradigm shift. What was it? The Russians are going to nuke you. 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 Remember? Remember, guys? Well, you don't remember. Some of you weren't around, but some of us weren't around. But later, that was it. The Russians were going to nuke you. Right? But all of these are psychological operations. COVID-19 was created in a lab, and it was a nasty flu virus. Very nasty, very deadly. I watched my mom sit on the couch and almost die. Engineered in a lab. But by what? By the government. But that wasn't the end of the PSYOP. What was the end of it? Not just the lockdown. But forcing you to take a vaccine against your will in order for you to get back to normal. All you have to do is take this and get back to normal. Then you can get back to normal. You want to get back to normal, don't you, Tommy? You're tired of being locked in your cage, aren't you, Tommy? All you have to do, Tommy, is take the shot, Tommy. If you take the shot, Tommy, you'll go back to normal, Tommy. You like normal, don't you, Tommy? Right? That's the same thing that Klaus Schwab, or that's the same thing that that Henry Kissinger did here. I am not. Am I going to finish this? I don't know. It's three eleven right now, and I am. Ju- I feel like I'm just getting warmed up. I have to pick it up again next week. I don't know. 
We'll see. We'll keep going, though. We'll see how far we get. I don't know if you guys can handle a part two to Henry killing or Kissinger. Like, I just never believed the hype. When they hyped it all up, I just didn't believe it. Like, I was like, nah. I ain't taking that. So the method used to play on the nuclear annihilation fear of the Europeans now that the Soviet Union, too, had its N-bombs. Right? It wasn't only about the shot. That's not what it was all about. That wasn't all it was about. It was a major psychological operation to make people dependent on the internet. To change their life, to transform. To trans, and I'm glad I'm on Rumble right now because I can talk a little more. If I put this on YouTube, I'm done in three seconds. So I'll tell you what it was. See, what am I doing? I'm not going to get finished. All right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It was about trans it's it was about the transformation to transfer our lives to the internet. The main thing and also to it's part of the B system to control to get your life to go online and not be in person. So these psychological operations. That's right, Michelle. It was nasty. It was engineered in a lab and it's nasty. I agree. Very nasty. I watched my mom not be able to lift her head up for 30 days. I thought it was going to kill her. I'll be honest with you. It was bad. I mean, I wasn't sure what it was going to do because mom wasn't. I don't want. I mean, after reflection, I should say, I'm like, man, that could kill her. It was bad. She couldn't even lift her head up for like 30 days. Well, I have to agree with that. That was very dangerous. See, they took something real. That's what a PSYOP is. And people don't want to accept it. Oh, come on, Pastor. Come on. I'm being dead serious. I'm not even joking. These people run these PSYOPs constantly. Why do you think I don't believe any of them? They designed the cure to be worse than the disease. Okay. 
Kissinger saw in Klaus Schwab a potential future leader, and the young German was introduced to John K. Galbraith and Hermann Kahn, the two other intellectual giants of the American establishment. Kahn had made his reputation on the thermonuclear deterrence, Galbraith on public policy, and Kissinger, as we know, in shaping the foreign policy of the United States, and as he saw, of the world. Plain and simple, they engineered COVID-19 to kill people. And you will never convince me of anything different. They engineered that to kill people. The vaccine was designed to hurt healthy people. That's what it was designed to do. The vaccine was designed to take out young men. That's what it was. Vaccine was designed to take out young men so they can't fight a war. That's what it was designed to do. Take out young, vibrant, strong men. We're hitting every conspiracy day, ain't we? Man, they're going to put me in the gulag. The one common thread in all three. By the way, let me say this. Here's the thing about military vaccine. You see all these people fighting and saying, well, I'm not taking that COVID-19 vaccine and all that other stuff. But here's the thing you have to remember. Those guys are stuck with all kinds of poison. That's why, and they blame it on Agent Orange and they blame all the all the stuff on Agent Orange and different things like that? No. Okay. What's killing these soldiers years later, I guarantee you, is all the vaccines they gave them. That's why they're developing all these diseases and cancer and all this other stuff. It's because they stuck them. They've been using the military men and women as test dummies for 50 years, 100 years. Okay? So, anyway. That one was free. It didn't cost you anything. The one common thread in all three was their connection with the Council of Foreign Relations. The American branch of the Anglo-American imperialist roundtable movement. Galbraith was closer to Kissinger, and together their goal was to ensure Europe is beholden to the United States, the new world power. 
The gambit was fear of nuclear bombs. The agenda was to control Europe's social and economic policies. The year 1973 had described by Richard Nixon as being the year of Europe. It was a willing ally in the project of European Economic Community formed in 1957, which has now evolved into the European Union. Richard Nixon was a traitor, just like all the other traitors. Bunch of traitors. Kissinger was quick to grasp the essence of the year of Europe and revive the dying North Atlantic Treaty Organization or NATO. Working on the war fears of the Europeans. So they could have NATO set NATO up against Russia and have the same thing that they do now, the back and forth that Russia and, and, uh, and, uh, what's his name? Um, Zelensky, Putin and Zelensky. Right? Same thing. Same battle, same reason, same players. Klaus Schwab was chosen to be the vehicle for such a goal. In 1970, Klaus wrote to the European Commission about setting up a non-commercial think tank for European business leaders. Gilbert was to fly over to Europe along with Kahn to help Schwab convince the European elites to back the project. The European Commission came abroad to sponsor this so-called European Management Symposium, which within a year was to transform itself into the World Economic Forum. On the face of it, the World Economic Forum was a European project. In reality, it was the handiwork of the U.S. establishment for the CIA after all had been funded by Kissinger. The man who runs the, econo- runs the World Economic Forum, you know nothing about. Okay. There's another article. I don't know where that article is, but I got plenty of articles, believe me. But anyway, we'll talk about, we can talk about Klaus Schwab at another time. Let's talk about Kissinger and the Pope. John Paul II. In the Cold War, Kissinger's realism bowed to John Paul II's vision. Henry Kissinger was a legend in foreign policy. Whether you see the impact of positive or negative, for better or worse, depends on where you stand on the political spectrum. However, the dividing lines from that era were not as predictable as the polarized lines of left versus right we are witnessing today. 
Kissinger was despised, even vilified by much of the political left, but he was also a source of friction within the right, with many conservatives disliking him and his policies. So Kissinger is juggling between all these, working with them. Let me go to this article, but I'll read the other one later. It's rare indeed when an American president takes part in a four-way conversation and was arguably the least remarkable person in the group. But such was the case in June 1975 when President Gerald Ford made a visit to the Vatican. On that occasion, Ford met Pope Paul VI. Today, St. Paul VI, the Pope who guided the Catholic Church through the close of the Second Vatican Council and the immediate post-Vatican II years. The two were joined by then Archbishop Agostino Casarelli. Casaroli, the legendary Vatican diplomat who authored the Holy See's policy, Ostapolitik. At the time, Casaroli was playing a key role in negotiations that would lead to the Helsinki Accords, an agreement that brought together all the European states, East and West, as well as the United States and Canada, and which had been cited repeatedly by Pope Francis and his aides as a template for multilateral engagement. The other party of the conversation was Henry Kissinger, at the time still the U.S. Secretary of the State as well as the National Security Advisor and perhaps the most celebrated and controversial statesman of the 20th century. Based on a now declassified memorandum about the 1975 conversation, we know it was wide-ranging. The Middle East, including negotiations at the time toward an agreement between Egypt and Israel on the Sinai, Lebanon and its swelling population of the Palestinian refugees, the Helsinki process, including Ford's warning that Western Europe should not capitulate and give in to Russia. Vietnam, including the settlement of refugees in the U.S. and the Portuguese Revolution. And the U.S. fears that a communist-backed government in Lisbon could unravel the NATO alliance. How about this? In the future of post-Franco Spain, not to mention Ethiopia, Malta, and Cyprus. It was not the first time Kissinger, who died in, on November 29th at the robust age of 100, had swapped views with his Vatican counterparts. According to the transcript, Paul VI actually referred to Kissinger as an old friend, noting that the two had met on at least two previous occasions. Nor was Casaroli the only opposite number in the Vatican with, with, with whom Kissinger had contact. As part of the WikiLeaks releases... For instance, we know of an October 1973 conversation between Kissinger and then Archbishop Giovanni Benelli. At the time, the Sostituto, whatever that is, the substitute, or the Secretariat of State, in which the two discussed the recent coup in Chile that brought down the government of Salvador Alanda. According to the cable, Benelli advised Kissinger to ignore reports of massacres and abuses by the forces of General Augusto Pinochet, describing those claims as communist propaganda. That bit of history is a reminder that while Kissinger is best known for having the ear of presidents over the course of his remarkable career, he was also often a counselor to popes as well. No, 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 no. 
He was working for the popes. Doing their bidding in U.S. foreign policy to control the world. His first meeting with Pope John Paul II came during a private audience in October 1979 after Kissinger no longer had any official role in the American government. And it didn't occur under the most propitious of circumstances. Chilean Foreign Minister Hernan Kubilis, remember, he's still working for the CIA. Remember, Kissinger is still a CIA asset. He's still a liaison. He's still in charge of psychological operations. And he's having private meetings with the Pope. Under psychological operations. Right? Interesting, huh? Chilean Foreign Minister Hernan Cubulus would later call that year earlier, just after then Cardinal Carol forgot how to say his name. Bodala had been elected to the papacy. He met Kissinger at his Manhattan residence at the River Club, whereupon Kissinger delivered himself of the opinion that the choice of a Polish pope was a deliberate provocation to Moscow and might not be good for humanity. Right? So they did it on purpose. Wait, you mean they like elected that pope on purpose? Yeah, because they're all working together. It's all a psyop. Nevertheless, John Paul II and Kissinger hit it off and would continue to interact often during the next quarter century. In 2001, for example, Kissinger brought his wife Nancy to the Vatican to receive a blessing from John Paul. And when the Pope died in 2005, Kissinger told NBC he was convinced that Pope John Paul II, not him, was the most influential figure of the 20th century. Whenever Kissinger was asked by interviews about John Paul II, he would always say that he was so attached to the Pope that he had saved the photos of every meeting they ever had. Kissinger also had an entree with John Paul's successor, Pope Benedict XVI, who met legendary American diplomat during a lengthy audience at Castel Gandolfo in September of 2006. The chemistry between German pontiff and German-born Kissinger was sufficiently strong that one Italian newspaper reported afterwards that Benedict had asked Kissinger to serve on an unofficial council of foreign policy advisors, a rumor the Vatican subsequently was compelled to deny. Why'd they deny it? Well, they don't want people to know that he's working directly for the Pope. So their open policy is, no, they're just friends. The closed and private policy is that he's submissive to the pontiff. 
Got it? Because why else would a CIA operative, an FBI spy, a CIA operative, a former national security advisor, a CIA asset, be meeting privately with the Pope? One year later, Kissinger will be back in Rome to address the Pontifical Academy of Social Sciences. Saying, for somebody who has had the the honor of having audiences with three popes and to have respected and admired the role of the church over the centuries, to be able to be in the Vatican with a group dedicated to these purposes means a great deal. Really? Hey, listen, are you paying attention? I hope you are. In fact, Killinger Kissinger was a regular on the Roman scene, in part as a result of his close friendship with Gianni Agnelli, the longtime head of Fiat and a fixture on the Italian political scene for decades. Gore Vidal in his 1995 memoirs, recalls bumping into Kissinger during a 1994 dinner sponsored by Agnelli in the Hall of Statues at the Vatican Museum to celebrate the restoration of the Sistine Chapel. As I left him gazing thoughtfully at the hell section of The Last Judgment, Vidal wrote wrote of Kissinger in typically caustic fashion, I said to the lady with me, look, he's apartment hunting. Over the years, Kissinger and the popes with whom he forged relations certainly had their differences, especially during Paul VI era and the questions of how best to navigate the challenges of the Cold War. On the other hand, Kissinger clearly admired the Vatican's capacity to take the long view of international relations. Well, of course they take the long view. They... They think in hundred years, in decades, in centuries. Kissinger, despite being associated with an approach of real politic, which critics would say was based more on cynicism than high ideals, Kissinger also seemed to appreciate the unique sense of the transcendent the Vatican strives to bring to very earthly questions. German philosopher Immanuel Kant wrote an essay in the 18th century in which he said somewhere there will be a universal peace. The only issue is whether it will come about by human insight or by catastrophes of such a magnitude that we have no choice. Kissinger told that that meeting of the Pontifical Academy of Social Sciences in 2007. He was right then and he is right today. Although some of us may add that it may take some divine guidance and not just insight to solve the problem, he said. Interesting. Did, did Kissinger's policies have some type of impact that related particularly to Catholics and their concerns? The answer is absolutely yes, said one, perhaps even unintentionally. For Kissinger, this happened through the policy of Dente. De, uh, Dente. 
however you say that, of which he was prop proponent and architect through the Republican administration of Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford. His mindset was also picked up by the Democrat President Jimmy Carter, but rejected by Ronald Reagan. Yeah, right. Ronald Reagan's the one that restored the diplomatic relations fully. During the Cold War, this was an accommodate, accommodationist form of uh, foreign policy. A bipartisan 1970 policy, again, of Nixon, Ford, and Carter accepted not only the ongoing existence of the Soviet Union, but also the Kremlin continued dominance in Eastern Europe. It acquiesced to Soviet control of lands from Eastern Europe to the easternmost regions of the USSR. So anyway, uh, this article is, I mean, it could go on and on this one here. Uh, Pope John Paul II's biographer, George Weigel, notes that the Polish pontiff had never doubted Paul VI's good intentions with his ostopolitik and certainly understood the pontiff's personal torment, torn between his heart instinct to defend the persecuted church and his mind's judgment that he had pursued the policy of to salvage what is salvageable, which as he once put it, Secretary of State Cardinal Casarelli wasn't a policy of glory. Uh, he talks about Richard Nixon's article. I'm going to go on to a different article. Uh, what Henry Kissinger stood for will be contested and debated for many years still to come. But there's no question that the man left a profound impact on global state. Of course he did. How about Cardinal Timothy Dolan? Very powerful man, overseas. Right? Here's what he says. As with a, his tribute to him, the Archdiocese of New York. As with a legion of others, I mourn the passing of Dr. Henry Kissinger and offer sentiments of reverence, sympathy, and gratitude to Nancy, his family, and his many friends. While I've admired and followed his international work closely, for a half a century, I feel privileged to have gotten close to him since my arrival here in New York almost 15 years ago. He had worked with my predecessors, Cardinal Terrence Cook, John O'Connor, and especially Edward Egan. And that cooperation friendship, I'm happy to say, continued with me. That one of his last public appearances was with us at the Al Smith dinner five weeks ago means a lot to us. I thank God for his efforts at peace and was inspired by his profound appreciation of the indispensable role of history, culture, and religion. He savored his meetings with Pope John Paul II and his countryman, Pope Benedict XVI. Never did he say no to my request for counsel or his support of a cause. He never did he say no when he was commanded to do something. He was a mass murderer, wasn't he? Here's what Anthony Bourdain wrote, quote about Henry Kissinger goes viral after the diplomats. I want you to read this because this will give you a good, or I want you to listen to me as I read this. This will give you a good understanding of what Kissinger really did. A quote from the late chef and television host Anthony Bourdain went viral Wednesday and Thursday following the former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger's death. Kissinger died at his 
Connecticut home on Wednesday in the 1970s, served under President Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford as the natural, National Security Advisor, Secretary of State, and sometimes both, according to the AP. He attended Harvard University, right? Uh, he worked for the State Department and all that kind of good stuff. He was an advisor to several presidents in the decades after Ford's electoral seventy-six. Kissinger recorded Kissinger's records has faced staunch criticism for decades, especially for directives under his watch during the Vietnam War and the involving several other countries across the globe, including Chile, Argentina, East Timor, Greece, Cyprus, Bangladesh, and Cambodia, among many others. The late journalist Christopher Hitchens declared his Kissinger a war criminal. His two thousand one book, The Trial of Henry Kissinger where he cites the death of millions as being a result of Kissinger's diplomacy. Yep. That same year, Bourdain wrote about Kissinger on a trip to Cambodia in a tie-in book with his Food Network show, A Cook's Tour. It's here where his words have gone viral on social media, including X, formerly known as Twitter, and shared by many users. Once you have been to Cambodia, he said, you'll never stop wanting to beat Henry Kissinger to death with your bare hands. Bourdain wrote, you will never again be able to open a newspaper and read about that treacherous, prevacating, murderous scumbag sitting down for a nice chat with former television host Charlie Rose or attending some black tie affair for a new glossy magazine without choking. Witness what Henry did in Cambodia, the fruits of his genius for statesmanship. and You will never understand why he's not sitting in the dock at the hog next to former Yugoslav and Serbian president Slobodan Milosevic. He continued, while Henry continues to nibble Nori rolls and remaki at A-list parties, Cambodia, the neutral nation he secretly and allegedly bombed, invaded, undermined, and then threw to the dogs, is still trying to raise itself up on its remaining one leg. Bourdain's travels, uh, let's see, impacted him by Kissinger's policy and decision-making on parts unknown. Henry Kissinger and a penguin walk into a bar, Bourdain said on the show. I'm not asking what you do, but would it displease you if I walked over and punched Henry Kissinger in the face? Would you find it entertaining? Would you have a vision of pleasure even? Would you feel that justice is in some way served? I hate him, Bourdain added to Kissinger. Because in my travels, I stumble across his good works everywhere I go. You know, Hitchens is dead. He died. Uh, contemplated Vanity Fair, the possibility of losing the chance to read, if not indeed write, the obituaries of elderly villains like Henry Kissinger or Pope Benedict XVI. So he wrote of, of what those men did, how they decimated those places, right? Uh, let's see. There is another. There is another. Uh, let's see. Maybe. Okay, let me just go to.
Uh, let's see. Some Kissinger's legacy is polarizing subject American politics. He has been widely considered by scholars to be an effective Secretary of State and a practitioner of a pragmatic approach called real politic, but has been condemned for his role in the U.S. actions in Indo. Including its bombings of Cambodia and Laos, the Latin America, including backing for the 1973 Chilean coup d'état and the dirty war in Argentina, as well as support for dictatorial regimes and turning a blind eye to war crimes committed by allies. Which is probably true, by the way. Oh, let's see. Kissinger underwent basic training at Camp Croft in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, the Army sent him to study engineering at Lafayette College in Pennsylvania under the Army Specialized Training Program, but the program was canceled and Kissinger was reassigned to the 84th Infantry Division. There he made acquaintance of Fritz Kramer, a fellow immigrant from Germany who noticed Kissinger's fluency in German and his intellect and arranged for him to be assigned to the division's military intelligence. Kissinger saw combat with the division and volunteered for hazardous intelligence duties during the Battle of the Bulge. During the American advance in Germany, Kissinger thought, though only a private, lowest rank was put in charge of administration of the city of Krefeld because of the lack of German speakers on the division intelligence staff. Within eight days, he had established a civilian administration. Kissinger was then reassigned to the counterintelligence corps when he became a CIC special agent holding the enlisted rank of sergeant. He was given a charge of the team in Hanover, assigned to tracking down Gestapo officers and other saboteurs, for which he was awarded the Bronze Star. Kissinger was made commandment, commandant of the Benchim Metro CIC detachment with responsibility for denazification of the district. Although he possessed absolute authority and powers to arrest, Kissinger took care to avoid abuses. Yeah, right. Leaves that. Uh, 1946, Kissinger was reassigned to teach the European Command Intelligence School at Camp King. Okay. We went over some of this, just the groups that he was in. Harvard, Phi Beta Kappa, lived in the Adams House. Psychological Strate Strategy Board, we went over that. Uh, his foreign policy, his relationship uh, between Nixon and Kissinger was unusually close and had been compared to the relationships of Woodrow Wilson and Colonel House and Franklin D. Roosevelt and Harry Hopkins. They played opposites is what Nixon and Kissinger did. But it was all a setup. Kissinger is one of the main reasons China was built up. He, he, he negotiated the reapproachment with China. He negotiated to build China up. Right? It was all part of the plan. Nixon was a part of that. Kissinger initially had little interest in China when he began to, his work as National Security Advisor. And the driving force behind the reapproachment with China was Nixon. In April of 1970, both Nixon and Kissinger promised Chiang Ching Kuo 
the son of General Isimo, whatever his name is, and they would never abandon Taiwan or make compromises with Mao Zedong. Although Nixon did speak vaguely of his wish to improve relations with the People's Republic. Kissinger made two trips to China in July and October of 1971 to confer with Premier Enlai, then in, in, in charge of Chinese foreign policy during his visit to Beijing. The main issue turned out to be Taiwan. As Zhu demanded the United States recognize that Taiwan was a legitimate part of China, pull U.S. forces out of Taiwan and end military support for Kamatang regime. Kissinger gave way by promising to pull U.S. forces out of Taiwan, saying two-thirds would be pulled out when the Vietnam War ended and the rest would be pulled out at the Sino-American relations improved. So in other words, they set up Taiwan and then they abandoned Taiwan. Right? For what? The same reason they put Kissinger did it for the same reason. The same exact reason why um, Zelensky is doing what he's doing. The same reason why Russia is doing what they're doing. The same reason why you had East and West Germany. The same reason why you have Palestine under quote under quotes because it's fake not real the same reason why uh the muslims were given the gaza strip with israel the same reason why they're trying for a two-state solution the same reason why taiwan is happening the way it is the same reason why the ukraine and russia To foment war, psychological operations, to foment war. It's set up on purpose. It's all CIA, all head by the Pope, all there and in a design to have war at the borders all the time. Same reason why we leave the Mexican border open. That border could be shut down and guarded in a week. It's all by design. Same reason why they're going to come through Mexico and they're going to come through California and the Chinese are going to invade. It's all set up on purpose. They do it on purpose. Kissinger trips... Kissinger's trips paved the way for the groundbreaking 1972 summit between Nixon, Zhao, and the Chinese Communist Party chairman Mao Zedong, as well as the formalization of relations between the two countries, ending 23 years of diplomatic isolation and mutual hostility. Same reason. 
Same reason why they pushed the Vietnam War. In early 1969, Kissinger was opposed to plans for Operation Menu, the bombing of Cambodia, fearing that Nixon was cast acting rashly with no plans of diplomatic fallout. Then Nixon announced the bombing would start the next day. As he saw the president was committed, he became more supportive. Kissinger played a key role in bombing Cambodia to disrupt raids into South Vietnam from Cambodia, as well as 1970 Cambodian campaign and subsequent widespread bombing of Khmer Rouge. They did it on purpose. It was all done by design. All of it. Right? They know exactly what they're doing and who they work for. Listen to what he said in an interview in 1972, Kissinger. He was asked, I suppose that at the root of everything, there's your success. I mean, like a chess player, you've made two or three good moves. China, first of all, people like chess players who checkmate the king. Yes, China has been a very, Kissinger said, yes, China has been a very important element in the mechanics of my success. And yet that's not the main point. The main point, well, yes, I tell you, what do I care? The main point arises from the fact that I've always acted alone. Americans like that immensely. Americans like the cowboy who leads the wagon train by riding ahead alone on his horse. The cowboy who rides all alone into the town, the village, and the horse with his horse and nothing else. Maybe even without a pistol. Since he doesn't shoot, he acts, that's all. He acts, that's all. By being in the right place at the right time. In short, a western. I see you see yourself as kind of a Henry Fonda, unarmed and ready to fight with his fist for honest ideas alone. Not necessarily courageous. In fact, the cowboy doesn't have to be courageous. All he needs is to be alone, to show others that he rides in the town and does everything by himself. Bangladesh, uh, Europe... As national security advisor under Nixon, Kissinger pioneered the policy of detente with the Soviet Union, seeking a relaxation in tensions. Israel policy versus Soviet Jewry. In 1973, Kissinger, listen to this. In 1973, Kissinger did not feel that pressing the Soviet Union concerning the plight of Jews being persecuted there was in the interest of U.S. foreign policy. In conversation with Nixon, shortly after a meeting with Israel Prime Minister Golda Meir, on March 1st, 1973, Kissinger stated, the emigration of Jews from the Soviet Union is not an objective of American foreign policy. And if they put Jews into gas chambers in the Soviet Union, it's not an American concern. Maybe a humanitarian concern. Maybe. He had a negative view of American Jews who lobbied for aid to Soviet Jews, calling them bastards and self-serving. He went on to state that if it were not for the accident of my birth, I would be anti-Semitic. 
and any people who has been persecuted for 2,000 years must be doing something wrong. End quote. Why? Because he's working for the Pope. And they hate Jews. They only use Jews as useful tools. They hate them. September of 1973, Nixon fired Rogers as Secretary of State and replaced him with Kissinger. He would later state he had not been given enough time to know the Middle East as he settled into the State Department. Kissinger later admitted that he was engrossed with the Paris peace talks to end Vietnam, that he and others in Washington missed the significance of the Egyptian-Saudi alliance. Sadat expelled Soviet advisors from Egypt in May of 1972, attempting to signal to the U.S. that he was open to disentangling Egypt from the Soviet sphere of influence. Kissinger, in turn, offered secret talks on a settlement for the Middle East. Though nothing came to the offer, by March 1973, Sadat had moved back towards the Soviets, closing the largest arms package between Egypt and the USSR and allowing for the return of Soviet military personnel as advisors to Egypt. Listen to this. Kissinger delayed telling President Richard Nixon about the start, listen, of the Yom Kippur War in 1973 in order to keep him from interfering in the Nissan conflict. On October 6, 1973, the Israeli informed Kissinger about the attack on 6 a.m. Kissinger waited nearly three and a half hours before he informed Nixon. According to Kissinger, he was notified at 6.30 a.m. 12.30 p.m. Israel time that the war was imminent and his urgent calls to the Soviets and Egyptians were ineffective. On October 12th, under Nixon's direction and against Kissinger's initial advice, while Kissinger was on his way to Moscow to discuss conditions for a ceasefire, Nixon sent a message to Brezhnev, giving Kissinger full negotiating authority. Kissinger wanted to, to stall a Kissinger wanted to stall a ceasefire to gain more time for Israel to push across the Suez Canal to the African side. He wanted to be perceived as a mere presidential emissary who needed to consult the White House at all times as a stalling tech. Kissinger promised Goldmayer the Prime Minister of Israel that the United Golda Meir, Meyer, that the United States would replace its losses in equipment after the war, but sought initially to delay the arms shipment to Israel as he believed it would improve the odds of making peace along the lines of the United Nations Security Resolution Council. 42. In 73, Meyer requested 850 million worth of American arms and equipment to replace its material loss. Nixon instead sent them 2 billion worth. The arms lift enraged King Fazil of Saudi Arabia, and he retaliated in October of 20th, 1973 by placing a total embargo on oil shipments to the United States. Be joined by all other oil-producing Arab countries. What were they doing? Causing friction. Pushing it. They did it with Turkey and Cyprus. They're Jesuit co-agitators. And they're agitators, too. They like to agitate violence. Argentina, the dirty war. Kissinger was a part of that. Overlooked the murder of multiple thousands of people. He's been a part of all the major ones. 
right? This goes on and on and on. Around a long time. The Yugoslav Wars. He had his hands in that. Guy, a little op. Right? Ukrainian crisis in 2014. He talked about computers and nuclear weapons. He talked about AI. Russian invasion of Ukraine. Right? I mean, you could go on and on and on with the war crimes and everything else. Very much. All these people wrote of his death. His awards, Nobel Peace Prize. Wait a minute. The guy murders a bunch of people to get some Nobel Peace Prize? Yeah. In 1973, Kissinger received the U.S. Senator John Hines Award for Greatest Public Servant. Right? Won the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Gerald Ford. He was part of the Aspen Institute, part of the Atlantic Council, part of the Bilderberger Group, Bilderberg Group, part of the Bohemian Grove, part of the Council of Foreign Relations, part of the Center for Strategic and International Studies, part of World Minds, part of Bloomberg's New Economic Forum. And the World Economic Forum. He served on the board of Theranos, a fraudulent health technology company. There you go. 2023 received the Bavarian Maximilian, Maximilian Order of Science and Art. By King Maximilian von Bayern. How about that? Go. So you could see, and also, uh, let's see, the president of Bavaria gave him that. Uh, Let's see. So the list goes on and on and on. Who is this guy? He works for the he works for the devil. Now he's in hell. That's who he was. That's who he worked for. More could be said about this guy, but I think you see all his connections. Right? Who he's connected to, what he did. Worked for. Who he tipped his hat to. Who liked him. Right. All right, everybody. That's it. I'm done. I made it through. I got through it.
You pray for us. I'm going to play one song and give you a chance to say hi. Jesus walked the road to Calvary, paid the sinner's debt. The disciples' hearts were broken. Jesus' mother wept on that dark and dreary day. God the Father turned away. See the hope of all the ages silent in the grave. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Sky is dark, but soon another day is gone, and it's not over yet. King Jesus will breathe oh yes, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Every day the wicked prosper. Good men suffer pain, Satan seems to gain the victory. Mocking Jesus' name, many Christians suffer so, and their tears of sorrow flow. Is the God of all the ages still on heaven's throne? Oh, yes, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. The sky is dark, but soon another day. When you come to death's dark valley, feeling pain and loss, just remember Christ your Savior on his rugged cross. Though he died in darkest gloom, Jesus left an empty tomb. Alleluia, alleluia, Christ is coming soon, it's Friday. Sunday's coming, the sky is dark, but soon another day is on it, it's not over yet. King Jesus will prevail, oh yes, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming, the sky is dark. But soon another day is on and it's not over yet. King Jesus will prevail, oh yes, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. The sky is dark, but soon another day is on and it's not over yet. Amen. It is Friday and Sunday is coming. I don't believe that Jesus died on a Friday, but that's okay. So anyway, God bless you all and pray for us. I got a lot of work to do.
this weekend. I'm going to try to get some stuff done around here. I don't know if I'll go hunting once. I probably won't. I decided to skip a couple days because it was just frustrating. Um, but anyway, uh, and I got plenty of work to do on the Coliseum and all kinds of stuff and some work around here and all that good stuff. But pray for us, pray for our ministry. Um, I got to get all that paperwork printed out. I just haven't had any time to do it. I got to get it done. I'm going to have Ryan do that for me on. Uh, so I can get going on that. I've just been busy. But um, anyway, you pray for us with that. Uh, we're in black powder season, Teresa. So we have another, I have another week from this Sunday. So we have another week from Sunday. Third, we have another week. Anyway, so pray for us about that. If you'd like uh, our trip to Canada, pray for us about that. Uh, pray the Lord provides for that. If if you'd like to give to that, you can uh, give a couple different ways. Here's our website, oldpazbaptistchurch.org. Go to our website. Uh, click on PayPal, Venmo, or Apple Pay. Right? And you can give through any of those. If you want to go directly to PayPal, you can. Uh, our PayPal address is salvationpreacher at gmail.com. If you want to mail us something, you can go to the bottom of our sermon audio page. Lamar, are you the head Whoa. of your wife? What happened? I like to think that we're equal. Are you the head? The head. I am. I am a. I, I, no, no, no. I'm an alpha. Uh, uh, not if you think you and your wife are equal. Right. You tell them. All right. Anyway, I don't know how I did that, but I did. But if you go to our sermon audio page, you go to our sermon audio page. Uh, and you scroll down to the bottom of the screen. Down here, our address. You can mail us something, 1030 South Highway 3, Northfield, Minnesota, 55057. Now, if you want it to be for the Canadian trip or whatever, uh, for our needs to get there and all that kind of stuff and uh, expenses, then please label it for that. We've got a lot of time, so it doesn't have to be right now. But if you'd like it for general, just general expenses or whatever, because we have plenty of those needs, it's the first of the month. All the bills are due. When we start out the beginning of the month, we literally on day one have thousands of dollars due day one. So, um, and I'm not complaining because God takes care of us, but I'm just letting you know. Uh, so you can pray for us, number one. And if the Lord so allows you, you can give. If you can't give, pray for somebody else. Pray for God to raise up somebody else that can. Because uh, maybe somebody's in a better situation. You can always pray. That's what you can always do. Always pray for us, right? Uh, and I appreciate that. And God has provided, and he continues to provide, and we're, we're grateful for that. But anyway, I always give you an opportunity to be a blessing as well. Lots of stuff planned. We'll talk uh, for the future. Coliseum, geocentricity stuff, Coliseum, uh, document, geocentricity curriculum. Uh, let's see, what else? Canadian trip coming up. Uh, oh, mark your calendars also. You want to stay up late that is we are going to be preaching late sunday night new year's eve on a sunday night sunday right we will have our normal services on sunday and then we as men are going to take off we are going to preach outside uh whatever drunken 
New Year's Eve parties are out and out there. We're going to be preaching outside of those. And we are going to stream it live. OPBC, New Year's Eve preaching. 